1: Hello and welcome to Football Digest Extra Time, I'm Ned Keaton and I'm joined today by my colleague at Mirror Online, Alex Milne. Uh, Alex, hope you're well, we've got plenty to get through as ever on this show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Romelu Lukaku and Harry Kane as well as the Community Shield later on. but. Really, there's only one place to start, isn't it? It's not so much the story of the week, not so much the story of the month. Maybe the story of the year could even be the story of the decade. Lionel Messi is to leave Barcelona after 21 years with the Spanish club. It's all down to do with the sorry mess that Barcelona, unfortunately, find themselves in at the minute. So I think that we'll come on to again just a little bit later on in the show. But Alex, first up, Lionel Messi and Barcelona, it's kind of synonymous with one another. You know, they're kind of both bywords for almost each other. We've both grown up seeing him play for Barcelona, be a star for Barcelona. It's a surprise now. And I suppose it is a shock really into the system that it won't be with Barcelona when he plays his next game at club football.
0: Yeah, it's certainly, certainly still a shock for me, Ned. I spent uh, most of the weekend just watching Messi compilations with sad piano music <laughs> in the background trying to get my head around this this idea of Messi, not a Barcelona. Um, I think as you touched on, as, as we grew up, it. Messi is Barcelona and Barcelona is Messi and the thought of the two of them not with each other is just unthinkable. Sometimes sometimes you get this in sport where you have, I don't know, for example, Federer and Wimbledon or Michael Jordan with a um, Chicago Red Bulls where two two sporting entities are just so intertwined that the thought of one without the other is just blows your mind and that's why I think there's so much grief and sadness over the weekend. It was the fact that it was all so avoidable and I think Messi's press conference this weekend, if there was any shred of doubt about whether it was just a negotiation tactic or a way to kind of push them to give that last extra bit of money, then that was kind of blown out of the water with the tears, the emotion, the pictures with the all the trophies he'd won. And it was really sad to see that happening rather than seeing him bid farewell to a full new camp. And I hope he gets the chance to do that one day, with be it in a testimonial or something like that. Um, but yeah, an extraordinary story and one that I'm sure continues
1: to run and run throughout the, the next few months. Indeed, probably until he, he finds his next club, which well, by the yeah. sounds of it might be too long. But again, I'll keep teasing things that come coming later. It sounds like we've got nothing to talk about now, but that will come later. <laughs> so I want to talk about potential destinations. Um, you mentioned it there about kind of potential power plays for Messi. I'll be honest, when when this news first came out, probably not helped by the fact that Real Madrid issued their own statement slamming the Liga two minutes later, I did think that there was a, an element, maybe from Barcelona's side of this being a power play, like they normally do, like kind of try and bully La Liga like they have historically done with Real Madrid, that they're the kind of the two, the cartel that hold the power in Spain. But she said there, this is this is it. This isn't this is no ploy from, from anyone, from Messi, from Barcelona on, on La Liga. That 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 this is it. And it, it highlights the state the situation that Barcelona find themselves in billions in debt players that they can't shift on, get rid of Deadwood, you know, kind of there, there's obviously some names that, you know, probably uh, not fair of me to mention them, but obviously some fans with Barcelona believe in some players to, to be to blame for for Messi's departure because they haven't been able to shift them on. You know, this, this is a club who at the start of the 2010s, um, you know, we're, we're a huge super club in the world, superpower, one of those clubs that you really kind of didn't want to play in European football. And, And the decline for Barcelona has been so sharp and so steep and it's culminating now losing their greatest player of all time.
0: It's it's a complete and utter mess and I I still can't quite believe it's happened. What I would say is I I cannot believe why did they not get this matter sorted and why did they not prioritise this matter above getting in the likes of Eric Garcia, Sergio Aguero and Memphis Depay. I mean, you know, maybe it wouldn't have made a difference. Maybe they were so far gone in debt by that point that it it wouldn't have helped anyway. But you'd have thought that sorting out the messy situation should have been the absolute top of their priority list and they're out there and um, president joan laporta now finds himself in massive trouble because his whole presidential manifesto was based on i'm going to be the man who ensures that Messi stays i'm going to be the one who sorts out the mess from bartomu and keeps this talisman this genius at the club and he's failed he's completely and utterly failed and where barcelona go from here is anyone's guess i mean I guess the one positive light you could say is that they were going to have to find a way to deal with without Messi sooner rather than later. You know, he's not got that many years left in the tank. Maybe he's just pushing it forward slightly. Maybe certain players will still step out from under his shadow. The likes of Pedri, for example, could now be given a more prominent role. Whether you think that's good for him or not is another story. But um, yeah, so that's the one positive you can find. But other than that, to start the season now, what have we got, two weeks until the start of the La Liga season or is it next weekend? I can't quite remember. But the fact that they've got start now with these circumstances is extraordinary. And yeah, like you said, Ned, at the start, when we were growing up or in, in the early you know 2010 era, they were the superpower club, the one that everyone wanted to be. And now, they're just an absolute shadow of their former self. And not just them, but you look now at La Liga, I mean, with all the star players leaving, Messi, Ramos, you look at that league and think, where is your star quality now? Who is the biggest player in the Liga? You could argue, I don't know, Benzema maybe, but he's, again, not the most marketable big star in the world. He's probably past his best. As we touched on there, Pedri is still very raw, upcoming, maybe doesn't need any more responsibility on his shoulders. Um, so you look at the season, you think El Clasico is just going to be a shadow of its former self. And I'll tell you what, it wouldn't surprise me if this was the first time since, I think, 2002, 2003, where both Madrid and Barcelona drop out of the top two. You could look at Sevilla having a good chance. Atletico aren't getting any weaker, it doesn't look like. So if I was a betting man, which, well, I am a betting man, actually, so I might put a bet on it. (laughs) This this might be the year where Madrid and Barcelona finish outside the top two, which is, you know, unthinkable a few seasons ago.
1: Um, Alex, for for those of us who might be, um, or those of those who are listening and watching, on uh, might not be aware, um, you're kind of almost our, our unofficial Spanish football expert on the Mirror. Um, have lived out in Spain yourself, so I kind of wanted to get from you kind of an idea of, of maybe how the Spanish press have, have taken this. Obviously, they're, they're known for being, um, you know, quite over the top, at, even when it's been a great time for Barcelona. So obviously, losing their star man, and as you said, they're not just for Barcelona but for La Liga itself, losing, you know, one of their most marketable assets. So, I'm guessing the likes of AS and Marco have uh, have not necessarily taken this one lying down, and and have been quite, um, yeah, it, not so much enjoying it, but but have been ramping up their coverage of of Messi leaving Barcelona.
0: Yeah, I feel like the the Spanish press and supporters are kind of going through the the seven stages of grief at the moment. They were stuck on denial for a while, thinking this this surely can't be happening. Then it moves to a bit of depression, then anger. You know, there's a lot of anger towards. Who's to blame here? Should it be Messi? Should it be Laporta? Should it be La Liga? Um, and I guess now we're going to have to try and move to acceptance, but that's going to be very, very difficult to find until the circumstances surrounding this dramatic exit are fully kind of disclosed. Um, for anyone who knows the, the uh, popular show El Chiringuito, they've certainly been on form this week. There's been breakdowns on air, there's been tears, there's been throwing of objects, there's been shouting into the camera. So they've really been hamming it up as you'd expect them to do. Um, But I just want to read something, actually. Just um, a writer called Vicente Jimenez wrote in AS um, about Messi's uh, press conference yesterday. Few tears so clearly underline a failure as those that Messi shed at his farewell. Failure for Spanish football, for the club and its manager, for the fans, but perhaps most importantly, for the player himself. I think that nicely sums it up. It is just the whole situation is a complete and utter failure for everyone involved. Um and it's gonna take a lot a lot a lot of rebuilding to try and get anything anything back to what it once was.
1: Joe, you know, that, that quote leads me perfectly into one of the comments um, that we've got in already. As ever, we do always get a lot of comments on this show. Um, so, you know, send them in. We'll, we'll try and read them out where possible. Uh, and this one comes from one of our regular contributors, uh, Biblob, uh, saying, uh, do you think the way Barcelona mishandled their finances in the transfer dealings over the last five, six years itself highlights the significance of FFP? Um, and, yeah, I suppose it, that really is, is the short answer that, that Barca have, you know, for, for a number of years now, have been really poor in a way that they've kind of signed players. And as we touched on earlier, you know, that's kind of led to the situation that they're in um, at, at the minute. And, and Alex, I'm, I'm sure you agree with kind of what people have said there about the kind of the fact that this has highlighted the importance of FFP, that kind of you can't get away from it, you can't run from it from too long. And yes, it's ended in catastrophic terms for Barcelona, but, but maybe this is the right thing in the long term.
0: Yeah, I mean, Barca just, they just remind me of sort of like a con man who's run out of luck. It seems like they've tried to push it and push it and push it and blag it and blag it and think, well, at the end, it'll all be okay. And the chickens are very much coming home to roost with the the departure of their greatest ever player. I still, I still, when I say it, I still can't quite get my head around it. The fact that it's not like Messi's retiring. It's not like he's, he's deciding to hang up his boots or he wants a new challenge. He's desperate to stay. The club are desperate for him to stay. And he can't. And the whole thing is just baffling. And one thing I can't get my head around is this this um, argument that oh well, Messi should play should play for free. For well, apart from <laughs> logistical reasons, which which mean that is actually impossible. Why should he play for free? If you're the best employer of your company for the last twenty years, not just about the best the best at your in your position in the whole world, why on earth should you be the one to play for free and to take the burden and to you know, save your company from financial ruin when you've not been treated with any respect. I mean, it's just flabbergasting. So, you know, he'll Messi will go away. He'll he'll earn a lot more money. At another club looks like PSG. Um, but yeah, it's it's just I keep saying the word mess, but I just, it's just complete and utter shambles, and it's sad. It's really sad, and I'm, I'm genuinely feeling quite sad about the whole situation.
1: Uh, The the next bit I've got on the running order here, um, I suppose, you know, she touched on there. It's not really much of a question because we kind of already know where Messi is going. It is going to be PSG. There's no point asking where next for Messi. We know it it, it, in all likelihood it is going to be Paris. Um, But is there perhaps a touch of of sadness that it wasn't, the Premier League you know obviously that that link with with Pep Guardiola has always been there um you know even last summer when he sent through that fax and again that just seems laughable isn't it the, the greatest player of all time one of the greatest players of all time submitting a transfer request via a fax machine um the link was always there with Pep it doesn't look like it's going to happen it probably if it doesn't happen now it probably won't happen so is there a little tinge of sadness that we we won't get to see if you can do it on a cold night in Stoke
0: <laughs> yeah there is a tinge of sadness but having said that if if Messi had gone to Man City now I mean just call off the season call off the season because what what would be the point for any other team um in terms of the the PSG move it's not the most exciting i think most people are finding it hard to get up to this idea of him you know playing in liga and it's one of those where if 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 PSG now do win the Champions League is it a massive achievement with the players they have bought is it a massive show of skill from a manager of the players, or is it just sort of like the globe, um, the, the what am i trying to say, the globe Harb trotters? That's not a word, is it? What's that big sport? Harlem Globe Trotters. My God. The Harlem Globe Trotters. Um, winning something. But I suppose there's a, the, the one interesting thing is seeing how he fits into that team and seeing the likes of him, and Mbappe, and Neymar link, linking up will be fascinating. I also am. Um, From a Spurs fan's perspective, I'm happy for Pochettino. I know he's always spoken in great admiration about his fellow countrymen. He's clearly always had a dream to work with him. So it'll be fascinating to see if he gets the best out of him. But from a romantic point of view, you would have liked to see Messi do sort of a Maradona and maybe even return to New old boys or go to a club like Napoli, that Maradona went to a sort of club, a middle club that he could really take to the next level. Um, but sadly in modern football that's just never going to be the case anymore we're not going to see moves like that for the foreseeable future Um, so yeah the the Premier League would have been nice I think Man City would have obviously he would have been amazing at Man City but it would have been unfair for the rest of the league Um, and let's see how he does at PSG it won't be the same it won't be the same magical Messi at the new Camp but you know let's see how it goes
1: I thought for a second there you were touting Messi for a move to our beloved Tottenham when you were saying taking a, a middle-ranking yeah. team up to the top. We, we, <laughs> the number of might Argen. be available. Fine enough Argentinian players so you might have settled in nicely <laughs> but maybe <laughs> <it's laughs> settled Um, For for Barcelona though and you did touch on it a little bit earlier um, about kind of what next for them and it does look like there is this uh, as ever with La Masia I mean there was that little kind of blip where it kind of seemed to the the conveyor belt of talent that they get from that didn't seem to be as great but now they look like they're on the kind of verge of of finding something new again Um, obviously Anthony Fatty's a very exciting talent Uh, Elish Mareba uh, another one as well Pedri obviously they brought him in from from, was it Las Palmas in the end am I right? Yeah 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 yeah. Um so they have got him coming through. So it looks like there is this this young generation coming through at Barcelona again, but as she said they're, they're they're young kids. This is a hell of a lot of a pressure to, to put on them. And especially for, for Pedri. what is it? He, he played seventy games for club oh. and country last year, He's been playing at the Euros and then going on to play for the under twenty threes at the Olympics, you know. I mean, they've got to be careful with this kid that they don't burn him out
0: send him on holiday someone please have you seen that that picture of him you know before and after the season when he's lining up to Spain at the Olympics give that lad a nice holiday Um, yeah I feel like I feel like Depay for example could step up maybe I know his dream was to play with Messi but now he will be seen as kind of a star of a team and we know that he's a sort of player who he'll relish that he won't shy away from that um and amid all the turmoil they did actually beat Juventus 3-0 yesterday in a friendly somehow so you know, don't get me wrong, they still got good players, they still got a decent team. It'll be intriguing to see how, you know, Aguero and Depay cope now that they haven't got Messi, you know, with this this promise of playing alongside the world's best ever player has been, you know, swiftly taken away from them, so that'll be intriguing to see. Um, But like I said, I think it will be a season of struggle, they're going to be nowhere near that Barcelona side of the past, but then again, I don't think Real Madrid will be either, so I still, still think they'll be up there in La Liga, but as I mentioned earlier, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Atletico win it again, or maybe even Sevilla have a push for the title.
1: spoken enough about Messi, I think, for, for now this morning. I'm sure, as you said there, there'll be plenty more for us to, to discuss in the, the coming days and weeks. Hopefully not months. Hopefully it doesn't drag on that long. Yeah. Um, but another transfer saga that does look like it might be about to reach its conclusion uh, this week is Romelu Lukaku heading back to Chelsea. Ten years after he first signed for the Blues, it looks like he's going to return from Inter Milan. Obviously interspersed with uh, a couple of spells at Everton and Man United in between. But... Has this move slightly come out of left field for you, Alex? Obviously, they were linked quite heavily with Erling Haaland earlier in the summer. Um, didn't want to splash, what was it, 150, 160 million on him, but happier to, to spend 90 million on Romelu Lukaku.
0: Mm. For me, it's not that much of a surprise. I never I never thought for a minute that Chelsea would get Haaland this summer. Um, I think Dortmund are very, very, you know, they stick to their word. It was the same with Sandro last summer. They said very clearly, we're not entertaining any idea of. of Setting him this summer, but next year might be a different story. I think that's the same with Haaland. There was never any doubt unless an absolutely astronomical bid came that he would go. Um, but I would not be at all surprised to see him go next summer. In terms of Lukaku, this is what Chelsea do. Um, they they sell players for, you know, not a huge amount of money and they occasionally buy them back when they develop. And I can't see him being anything other than a success, um, sadly from a Spurs point of view. For one surprise thing I was slightly surprised by was Lukaku's happiness to go. He's a massive star in Inter Milan. He's always seemed very, very happy at the club. He's obviously been prolific for the last couple of seasons. So I'm kind of surprised at how quickly he was convinced to go back to Chelsea. But he's a player who seems to absolutely love proving people wrong. And I feel like he's got unfinished business at Chelsea. It didn't work out from the first time. He was still a young player. The goals never arrived. And it wouldn't surprise me if in his head he's thinking... I'm going to go and show exactly what I'm made of to those Chelsea fans and to the rest of the Premier League. Obviously, his last spell at United wasn't a roaring success. Um, so he probably thinks this is my last big shot at going to the Premier League, winning a title. And it's a pretty terrifying prospect, really, the thought of him with those Chelsea attacking, that Chelsea attacking talent behind him.
1: You touched on it there about kind of the the surprise at how happy he was to go back to Chelsea, but I wonder if whether or not it's because, um, and this this will bring me on to a later comments, so it, it, bear with me here, but I wonder if it's to do with the fact that Inter Milan have been selling lots of big players themselves. Obviously, Ashraf Hakimi's gone, a few other um, stars from that team that won Serie a last year have all departed. So I wonder if he's kind of thinking that that maybe this isn't the team and obviously he wanted to kind of keep himself at the elite level. And that in itself raises the question about, you know, kind of going back to, again, what we spoke about Barcelona and and the situation that they find themselves in. European-wide, aside from the Premier League, there is a big cash crisis going on among the the big clubs. I mean, even Paris Saint-Germain, yes, they're going to go out and sign all these players, but they're doing them on free transfers. Junior Wijnaldum, Sergio Ramos. Lionel Messi now likely to come in, not the big transfer fees that they used to pay there was a vote. There was a big cash crisis going on around Europe's top clubs.
0: There is, there is. It seems like there are four or five clubs that can pay absolute top dollar for players and others that are a massive step below most, that. Um, <laughs> most of those step. are in the Premier League as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I think um, our columnist, Andy Dunn, had a really good piece this week touching on it where that punishment for the Super League teams is now looking more and more farcical every day, really. Um the fact that England's big six can go out and splash all this money, having only months ago been part of a talk to kind of take all that money elsewhere. Um and what have had to pay, you know, three or four million each in the grand scheme of things? Absolutely nothing. So it is farcical. school. I think it, it the bubble is going to burst at some point. Um and I just worry that this this could easily be the the least competitive season we've had in terms of Premier League, in terms of around Europe. I mean, look back to League how is anyone going to keep up with PSG? We saw finally the, the Apple car being upturned a bit last season with Leo winning it, but I don't see how they can get anywhere close to PSG with the star power they've got now. Um, and it was going to be intriguing to see, but it could also lead to some very, very one sided leagues all around Europe this season. Uh, I can't see anyone coming close to City this season, for example. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's a bit of a chase between them and some other clubs. But if it is, it's likely to be Chelsea, who again have splashing the cash. Uh, so, yeah intrigued to see what happens in the next few years in terms of financial fair play because something's got to
1: change i'm just going to move on now to harry kane a player that obviously myself and yourself being spurs fans we we know quite a lot about him um it's been a bizarre few days in in the world of harry kane obviously you know this time last week there was uh, the, the news came out that he hadn't turned up for training uh, we were told at the time that he would decided to stay at home it then obviously later transpired that he was quarantined after arriving late back from a holiday um, just so happened on Friday took him four days to issue a statement clarifying it uh, saying that he was hurt by the comments from Tottenham fans um, Nuno saying that he wants to keep it in-house this is this is typical Tottenham isn't it unfortunately you know kind of a summer transfer window, one of our best players, and a transfer saga because he wants to go to a bigger club in the Premier League or across Europe. We've we've been here many, many times before, unfortunately, haven't we, Alex as Spurs fans?
0: We have been here many times before, but the difference here is that it doesn't seem like there's going to be a bid coming in for him. Or if there is a bid, it doesn't look like it's going to be anywhere near the amount needed in order for him to go, which is where he's kind of made a massive, massive mistake, in my opinion, in this instance. Um why it took him Five days to release a statement is beyond me. Uh, and is it a coincidence that it came just after Guardiola's press conference in which he effectively said, unless Spurs negotiate, there's no way the deals happening. I don't think so. Uh, I think his agent, Charlie Kane, has has not done particularly well and he's made a bit of a mess of this. But at the end of the day, these things happen. And sadly, I think he will go back to Spurs and he will be forgiven for his actions because what else can Spurs fans do? He's still comfortably the best player at the club. He's still going to score goals. We all know that. He'll probably get another 20-goal season. I think he, his first game back, he'll probably get a bit of a rough ride. Second game as well, maybe. But as soon as he starts scoring goals again, are he's going to be forgiven because what else, what else can people do? Um, I do find it baffling. I think Nuno said he's going to speak to Kane for the first time today. Uh, has he not got a mobile phone or has is, is Kane been too busy at Disneyland? Or I mean, what's the reason for that? <laughs> What's the reason for the lack of communication so far? The whole thing is just so, so strange. Um, but like I said, I can't see any way in which Kane leaves before the end of the transfer window because I just don't think City will stump up the cash needed for him. And I don't think Daniel Levy, especially with the Jack Greedish deal, if Jack Grealish is worth 100 mil, Kane's worth at least 160. And they're not going to pay that. So that's it. He'll return to Spurs. He'll get a rough ride. And then things will go back to normal until next summer. And that's, that's the way football works.
1: It's not been the easiest of uh, starts then for Nuno, has it, at Tottenham? To as you said, there you know, your star player, your talisman, um, trying to force for a move potentially, um, not being available to take your phone calls or, or not giving you the right number to, to give him a little bell and, oh, and check in and see yeah. how I things are. Just North America, probably something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe you should ask Tom Brady, you know, him and Kane are, are that close friends, he's probably got the yeah, right yeah. number for him, or yeah. sort of sank out, um, yeah. but. It's it, it still hasn't and obviously look this is pre-season I might be getting carried away here but he's still despite all of these and these on, off-field distractions Nuno's doing all right as he starts at Tottenham obviously you know the key thing for any new Spurs manager is to beat Arsenal at the first opportunity he'd done that yesterday um, but the way that they're playing as well like there was this kind of you know we, we worked with a couple of Wolves fans and, and they'd spoken about how he was the Portuguese Pulis um, in the last few months that, that he was in charge at Molyneux but the way that Spurs are playing and popping off and, and Alli, uh, we spoke I, I spoke about him anyway before we came on here saying that I, I like the look of him in pre-season he's, he's doing alright given given trying circumstances at the minute
0: he is he is obviously when he was appointed I think the overriding reaction was very very underwhelming especially given the the nature of the managerial search the names of Conte Pochettino being linked to then end up with a man who you know arguably wasn't good enough for Wolves by the end was as I said massively underwhelming but I think slowly but surely he's winning fans over. Like you said, beating Arsenal is only a good thing. I watched the game um, against Chelsea with two-all draw. I didn't think we were very good in that. I thought we got very lucky in terms of the two, two goals were slightly fortunate. And I thought Chelsea outplayed us. But there, there are signs that we're heading in the right direction. I think the Paratici move is also coming off well so far. I think fans are coming around to him. The signs have been good. This Lautaro-Martinez link, I'm not sure how much truth there is to that or whether in actual fact that's never going to happen, but it's a promising step in the right direction if that happens. Um, So, yeah, there are... Whisper it, because I don't want to get too excited, but there are good signs. I think most Spurs fans would just accept a season of transition where we play some good stuff. No one's expecting a top-four chase. No one's expecting a trophy. But if Nuno can galvanise the fans, bring the fans and and the players together, after the dire Jose Mourinho years, then I think most would accept that. A challenge for a Europa League spot, a run in one of the Cups would be more than enough this season. Uh, And yeah, like you said, if he can bring our best out of the likes of Deddy Alley, who obviously needs an arm around the shoulder, they need a, a nice, happy season, then who knows? The season after this one, anything could happen.
1: Don't know about you, but I'm already booking my flights for Tirana for the Europa Conference League final in May. He's coming home. (laughs) Um, um, (laughs) After all this transfer talk, um, it would be remiss of us not to talk about an actual game of football that did actually take place at the weekend. Uh, The first, can we call it a trophy? Can we... Can we call it? Can we call it a trophy? I think think the Leicester fans can call it a trophy for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Pep Guardiola counts it, doesn't he? He was saying a couple of years ago about the fact that they won six trophies in a year. Anyway, it was the Community Shield at the weekend. Uh, As we gave it away there, Leicester did win. um, Did win the Community Shield, uh, beating Man City 1-0 thanks to a late Kelechi Ianacho penalty. Um, Alex, obviously Man City were under strength without their... uh, Apart from their newest England star, uh, other England stars like John Stones, Kyle Walker, Raheem Sterling, Phil Foden, obviously all still given a break by Pep Guardiola uh, ahead of the new season. So they were a little bit under strength, lacking a couple of key names. Um, but how much can we read into it from a Leicester perspective? Is this the year, having come so close in the last couple of seasons, is this the year that they finally gate crashed the top four? Uh, no.
0: no. The Leicester fairy goes on with another trophy. I thought. It was really, really nice to see uh, a team win the Community Shield, and it actually meant something to them. I was looking up today, and I thought, when was the last time a team outside the top six were, won the Community Shield? And it's as far back as 1995, would you believe, Everton, Everton? Everton beat Blackburn, yeah. <laughs> we've, had, we've had the likes of Wigan and Portsmouth in the final after they won the FA Cup, obviously, but they've never won it. Um, so it was, nice. it was another great day out for their fans at Wembley. Obviously... It no, won't mean anything near as much as the FA Cup win, but it's another piece of silverware. Um, and it was just really, really nice to see a, a footage stadium and to see Leicester fans enjoying themselves again. I think, as as we've kind of touched on, the the, the fact that other teams have strengthened so much of this season already means that they won't be in the top four mix, but they'll be up there. They'll be up there in the fifth, sixth, seventh. They're a great team. They're really entertaining to watch. They've still got the likes of Ian Acho and Vardy to cause trouble for defenders. Harvey Barnes looks good again yesterday. So, you know, I don't see I don't see why they shouldn't be up there. Madison, obviously, they've still got. So good luck to them. I think they'll they'll have another enjoyable season. I can't see them. I think their their opportunity to finish in the top four was last season of the season before, and they've blown it both times, unfortunately. But, you know, they're still it's still a very, very exciting football club to be a part of. And I'm I'm sure they'll, you know, have plenty of good times ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we're not alone in saying that, you know, there's probably fans of clubs up and down the country that say that they'd love the owners that Leicester have got because they really kind of seem to, to get the club understanding it, and they don't, you know, they're not throwing stupid cash at it. You know, they're kind of doing it in a very, they're doing it almost in the right way, aren't they? Yeah, um, but on the other side, uh, yesterday, obviously Jack Grealish uh, made his debut for Manchester City after his 100 million pound move, becoming the most expensive British player of all time. It was fleeting. It was obviously, you know, he's going to be starting games for, for Man City sooner rather than later. Um, but in terms of how Greenwich would have wanted it to go, to to suffer a defeat after being, you know, with that weight on his shoulders now, being the most expensive British player of all time, he would have wanted a win. Um, and it, it, it just didn't come, you know, kind of. There was all this talk about that he moved to Man City to win trophies, he gets one opportunity to do it. First opportunity. And I'm sure Villa fans probably would have enjoyed the fact that they didn't win
0: yeah for sure i thought it was it was a half decent debut you know he he did very jack Grealish things in terms of keeping the ball i think he won what a foul in a good position um again kind of dipped in and out of the game as he has a tendency to do but obviously in the long run city are going to expect more from him i think what did he get lost in six goals 10 assists which is a decent output but if he's going to be considered in the 100 million bracket he's got to improve that um whether he does or not will be intriguing i think his first season, he might well be rotated. I don't expect to see him starting week in, week out. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he is gradually introduced, if he's not slap bang the star straight away. But as as we all know, it'll be intriguing to see what Gualio can get out of him. And, you know, if it's just the addition of Jack Gries to that squad is, is just ridiculous, really. And it'll be fascinating to see how he can, you know, maybe take him to Champions League glory. To see him playing on those Wednesday nights from the Champions League is something he would have dreamed of. And, yeah, he's, he's. I mean, the only way is up for him, really, isn't
1: it? I, d- I just wanted to, before we finished, I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, some quotes from Guardiola in his pre-match press conference um, when he was asked about, obviously, Jack Reelish was a, was a massive topic of conversation in that press conference on Friday. Um, and he was discussing why Man City bought him and where he could fit into Man City's squad. And, and one thing that kind of jumped out at me, you know, he spoke about the fact that he could play in the wing, play midfield, play as an attacking field, but he also said that he could play as a forward. Um, and this probably suggests where Man City are going to go. We saw him play so often last year with, you know, De Bruyne as a false nine or, or other players playing in that in that position. There was all this talk around the summer about how do they replace Aguero? Could Kane be the man to replace Aguero? But those comments in suggesting that Jack Grealish could be playing as a forward for Man City, for me at least anyway, suggest that they are going to stick with this false nine. And I know obviously you spoke later about in, in that same press conference about Kane as you touched already about it's all down to Spurs negotiating. But... Even if Spurs negotiated, it doesn't seem like Harry Kane might be the false nine that could fit into Man City. It looks like they're gonna they're gonna stick with what served them so well last year and and keep playing that false nine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I personally I don't see Jack Grealish playing in that role. I think he's best, you know, coming out from wide, winning both fouls, threading balls through. So I think if he plays in that position, he's slightly wasted. Um, obviously, we're all forgetting about Gabriel Jesus, who's still going to do a job. You know, he's not a bad player by any stretch, but he's almost a forgotten man amid all the you know when he was understudy to Aguero. So, you know, I still expect him to play a, a big role this season. But having said that, it is, it is fascinating to see that City still haven't shelled out big money on a striker. When you see Chelsea just going, right, there you go, 100 mil Lukaku, you know, that's the problem solved. Yeah, city still never done that. And whether it was Kane and Haaland or nothing is another question. But, yeah, it looks like they're starting another season without that out-and-out striker. And I'm sure Guardiola's got his reasons for doing that. But I... Could come and cost them now and again. We'll see.
1: They might end up proving both of us wrong and, and go and splash the cash onto 60 mil on Cane oh, on the 31st. Probably. Anything could happen. Exactly. That's the one thing I think we've learned with this transfer window. Anything can happen. Um, Alex, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, Thank you guys for listening and watching along as well. Uh, Of course, you can keep up to date with all the latest transfer news across the Mirror, uh, across the Daily Star and the Daily Express as well, as well as all of Reach's regional titles. Uh, We'll be back later on this week to round up even more transfer news to kind of try and keep you up to date with everything that's going on in this crazy, crazy, summer transfer window.